Welcome to Transparent Homeschooling with Carla Givens. Today's episode is another one for the mamas. And my last couple have been for kids, and I'm going to have some more of those coming up really soon. But today I have a special episode with my friend, Laura Jones. She is a homeschooling mama, and she has 10 kids, ages that range from 18 months to 18 years. So as you can imagine, she has seen it all, been through it all. She's learned so much. She has so much wisdom, and she shares quite a bit of it with us in this episode. It's, it's pretty long, so we had so many great things to say, and so I'm just going to jump right in. But as always, find me on Instagram or Facebook. You can listen on Spotify, Apple, Google, or Podpage. Just reach out. Let me know you're listening, and let me know what you want more of. Do you want more of these interviews, or do you want more of the, the episodes for kids? And if you want more of the interviews, who do you want me to talk to? What do you want us to talk about? So just, I love to hear feedback and I love to hear what you guys want. So just reach out and let me know. And here's Laura Jones. Hey, Laura, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing, Carla? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so excited for you to be on here. I've missed you. I know. It's been forever <laughs> since I've seen all my homeschool friends. I know. We've all missed you. It's been a crazy year, though. We'll just um, start by telling everybody about yourself and your wonderful family. Perfect. So my husband and I, Topher, have been married for 18 years this uh, January, this month, actually. And we have 10 children, AG, uh, the ages from 18 months to 18 years. And they're all about two years apart. So um, that's amazing. full hands, <laughs> busy, busy lives for sure. <laughs> but we met, um, gosh, we met... Back, I was about 16 years old when I met my husband, actually, um, and it did not start off well. We were both into drugs and alcohol and just a really yucky lifestyle. Um, and so I'd actually gotten pregnant with my oldest daughter, Josie. And when she was about a year, um, that's really when we started going to church, because that was what I guess you do when you have kids <laughs> and you're living a crazy life and you don't know what to do. Um, and so we started going to church and really connected with the body of Christ and got our lives cleaned up and, um, started a journey that, oh my gosh, looking back, I would have never, never imagined, honestly, 10 kids never was on my radar ever. That Homeschooling so... was never on my radar. <laughs> None of that. Talk more so. about that. That is so awesome. Yes. Well, let's, um, let's go a little bit deeper into that though. So explain how, I mean, you said, you know, you just had a kid, so you went to church, but there, there had to be a little more to it than that. Like, how did that, I mean, did you grow up in church? Did he grow up in church? No, so I didn't grow up in church. I actually, we were like super, we didn't even go Easter and Christmas. Like we did not go to church, um, and super worldly. So we had all this stuff and, you know, the material things and just the normal worldly lifestyle. Um, now my husband was raised in church and so he knew, and I think that's really where it stemmed from was, okay, I have a kid now, my life is changing. I need to wake up. And um, I think that's kind of what spurred it was. He was like, all right, we've got to, we have to do this right. And so we started going to church. Um, we weren't married. So we had this little baby and I had, I mean, I remember walking into church in some sketchy outfits and <laughs> these little Southern Baptist churches and like not even realizing that that was not appropriate. So I had no understanding of Jesus or God. I remember asking my husband Topher, um, 
probably uh, six months to a year after uh, we started going to church, I was like, are, is Jesus and God, are they like the same? Are they different? Like I didn't even, I mean, I didn't even know any of the Bible stories or wow. Noah's art, none of that. So I had no understanding of what a relationship with Christ looked like. My husband on the other hand did, um, they were super involved in church and um, he was raised totally different than I was. Okay. So when you started going to church, you became Christians right away. Did it just, I mean, was it hard at first? Cause I mean, I've been in church all my life, so it's hard to, it's kind of hard to think about a new Christian all of a sudden with a baby. And I would say for sure it was, I, I don't know that I would say it was hard. It was coming from a lifestyle of drugs and alcohol and sex and anxiety and depression and yeah. all that stuff. I wouldn't say that it was hard. Cause I think I finally found like hope and I finally found an understanding of like who I was in Christ. And now given, I look back and I realize I didn't even understand who I was in Christ. And like, I've grown so much, you know, over the past 17, 18 years. Um, but I would say, I would say that it was easier because I really, as we connected to the body of Christ, like learning the importance of those relationships. And, you know, we went through, oh my goodness, the first seven years of our marriage was awful. I mean, it was awful. There were just awful mistakes. There were still actually drugs and alcohol intertwined throughout those first years. Even after we got saved, we were still, um, it wasn't overnight sanctification by any means. So it was definitely a journey and being connected to, to other couples who were maybe a, a life, like a stage of life ahead of us mm-hmm. really made the biggest difference. And I think it's what helped us kind of get over some of those humps in our marriage. So I think for me, it was easier um, for sure. I don't know if I could say the same thing for Topher because I believe there was a lot of undoing, you know, like I used to teach gymnastics and I remember when kids would come in and they would have learned a skill, but they learned it incorrectly. It was harder to go back and teach them how to do it correctly than it would be to teach someone from the start, you know? So I think for him, there was a lot of undoing of, you know, just religious things and traditions and, really understanding like, why is it that we believe these things or why is it that we practice these things? Or so for him, I think it was even a little harder. I can understand that because I grew up in church, but really just the past couple of years of really studying apologetics, I've, I'm kind of relearning a lot of things that really weren't taught to me right the first time. Explain like the decision to homeschool. Did it start when you first had kids? Like, just like, just kind of talk about a little bit about what led you guys to that decision and to the decision to just have as many kids as God wants you to have. Cause that's kind of a big decision too. Absolutely. So we, okay. I'd had Josie. I was, I got pregnant when I was 17. So I had her when I was 18. And then by the time I had turned 20, I'd had my second kiddo. Um, and at that time we were taking, we had taken in my nine-year-old niece. And so we had kind of three kids by the time I was 20. Um, never, ever would have expected that. Still, we were going to church. We were serving in our little Sunday school class with our children's ministry and um, really just connecting and growing. Still had a lot of stuff we were working through. Um, but I remember I sat down in my living room floor one day and I was folding laundry. And I remember it like it was yesterday, but my two girls were napping and my niece was at school and I sat in the floor and I was like, I was so on fire for God. Like I just wanted 
to serve him. I wanted to do something great. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if he calls us to be missionaries or what, you know, like I just, I wanted to go and I wanted to do something. And I had this fire in me that, and I literally sat on the floor and I was like, Lord, I'm literally stuck at home. I haven't had adult conversation all day. I'm folding piles of laundry and doing nothing for you. Like, I just felt like I was at a dead end. Mm-hmm. And I, it was as if he was sitting right there with me, really. And he said, you know, how much greater reach will you have if you'll pour in and raise these children and train them and teach them how to serve me, how to love me, how to love other people? How much greater reach will you have? So like you can go out and you can touch so many lives, but just think about the multiplication. I'll just pour in and I'll train up these two children at the time. And then my niece, like how much greater of a reach will there be? Um, And so in that moment, I realized, oh my goodness, like I am doing something like what I am doing is valuable and there is purpose in it. Um, So I would say that was a huge transitional time for me when I realized, oh my gosh, like the calling within the four walls of my home was great. And see, I was raised in the worldly environment where you had to go to college and you had to get a degree and don't ever depend on a man, you know, like you need to stand up on your own two feet and, you know, do this or that. And, you know, anyways, all those worldly accomplishments. And Mm -hmm. so this was a, a change for me. I mean, I fought to stay home. I think right before that I had stepped down from my job Um, And I loved what I did. I taught gymnastics and I loved it. It was great money. And there was something about contributing to our family that I felt like I had a part to, to play. So even just staying home for me. So I had just started staying home and now I'm sitting in my living room floor doing, you know, nothing in my (laughs) mind. And that God had to remind me, Hey, this is, this is your calling. Like just pour all your time, your energy and your resources into this right here. And then it was shortly after that, um, my husband was getting ready to go somewhere. And he said, literally the Lord just laid on his heart, this vision for having kids. Like this was our calling as a family was to have children and to raise them to love and serve the Lord. And so he laid it on his heart. And Topher is like, if God says, do it, he doesn't care who thinks what about it. Uh He's going to do it. And he's going to do it a hundred percent. I'm the people pleaser, you know, I'm the, the worry wart and the overthinker. Me too. <laughs> he just trusts and he obeys me. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> I need can you give me some details. Like, yeah. can you give me the specifics on this? And yeah. so from that point forward, we just, we knew, okay, this is an area that we are going to turn over to the Lord as far as how many children we have. And so I will say without moving too far ahead, it was probably six or seven kids in before I really submitted. And so that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this wasn't like, Oh, yay! I'll just have as many kids because look, I'm OCD. I'm just anal about things. I'm, I like a clean house. I love things. I love <laughs> nice vehicles, not 12 passenger vans, church vans, you know, I mean, I, I loved all this stuff. I loved my space and I was like super selfish. And that's something that children have done a great job at purging out of me is my selfishness. But anyways, it was probably six or seven kids before I realized, okay, God, I got this. And it was, (laughs) it was a couple years of anxiety. I dealt with extreme anxiety and depression. And I mean, I was a Christian 
and serving Jesus faithfully. And we were serving in ministry and leading Bible studies. And yet I was struggling to go to church and having panic attacks on the way to go to a date night with my husband. Like it was awful. And I think for me, I realized it was, I had said, okay, God, I'm going to obey, but I was kicking and screaming doing it, you know, cause I didn't want to fully submit and fully say, Hey, okay, so, God, I'll let go. Um, when you're talking about the panic attacks and, and anxiety, I know well, I've dealt with that too. And I know so many people listening who are, so I, I like that you said you were a Christian and you were still dealing with that, but how, as a Christian, how were you able to finally surrender and actually give that to God? And how, how did, how did you get through that time? So this lasted probably three or four years. It really took a toll on my marriage. I think even, I mean, all my relationships, honestly, um, I would say I had this, I guess it may be the stubborn part of me. And I know this isn't for everybody. And so I don't want to bring shame on anybody when I say this, but I had made up in my mind, I was not going to get on medicine. I was not, there was a, a an issue here that I needed to deal with. And the word says that perfect love casts out all fear. And so I was just consumed with fear and anxiety. And looking back, I can tell you, you know, it was, it was my need to be in control. Mm-hmm. And the more children you have, the more you realize you're losing control. Yeah. <laughs> you can't control this. I mean, 10 children, you just can't control it. You can't control their every move and their behavior and their attitudes. And I had just, my mares, like I had just felt like this need to control everything in my life. And so the more children I got, the more I felt out of control. And I think that's really what the root cause was. Mm-hmm. And so I knew like, Lord, I don't want to just, I don't want to just put a bandaid over the issue. Like I want to seek healing from you. And so this went on years, Carla. I mean, it was, it was hard for years. And I had gone to speak to a counselor at one point. I realized I just, everything I kept trying to do, I read books on anxiety. It all came back to, you know what? I'm just, this is something I need to work through with the Lord. And so I made a point, something I think really got me through this was, um, starting my day off with praise and Thanksgiving. And so I always had worship music on in my home. I created an atmosphere of praise. I put scriptures around my house. I, I knew like, God, I'm going to, I'm going to fight this with your word. Like I'm going to be consumed with your word, with worship music, whatever I could do to kind of help keep me afloat. And Topher said it best. He said, you know, there was a season where it literally felt like it seemed as if you were drowning and then I just threw you another baby. And I know that sounds maybe hard for people who maybe have struggled with infertility or wanting children, you know, that might sound ugly or like you're not grateful, but that's really what I felt like. I felt like every, every time I would add a kid to this situation, like it was as if I was drowning and I was barely keeping my head above water and then boom, I'm pregnant again. You know, so you add in the hormones and the, I mean, I remember going through two pregnancies through the season and, um, it was hard. It was a struggle, but I just, I refused to let him win. I refused to say no to opportunities. If, if God asked me to do something, I had said, you know what, I'm going to say yes. Now I would say yes. And then I'd be mad about it. (laughs) Yeah, God, I'll obey, you know? And then I'm like, why do you, you know, why would you do this to me or, um, So that's how I feel like I got through it. Now I still have situations and times that I deal with it, um, but I just try to quickly 
renew my mind with the word of God and just stay focused on the, on good things. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it probably helps you with dealing with things with your own kids. I mean, I don't know if they experience anxiety, but I was telling somebody this the other day, we were talking, we were actually talking about this very thing. And I mean, I've had a similar, I mean, I don't have as many kids as you only, ha- only have four, <laughs> but I've had similar feelings and, um, I have kids now who have, who have it too. And so I feel like my going through it has really helped me to be able to more and un- be more understanding and helping them with the same problems. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's something going through it. You feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only one in the world. And like, you're just over here drowning and the world's still going and yeah, you know, but then and you realize nothing. it's so common, especially for moms. So many moms Absolutely. have these same feelings. So I'm really glad that you're, that you're talking about this. Cause I know I can, I thinking in my head of a lot of moms listening who are having this, these, these same feelings or have had them. So. Absolutely. I mean, there was even a season Carlin that I like wondered if I was going crazy. I mean, there were moments where it just got so dark that I, I literally was like, oh my gosh, am I losing my mind? And then those silly thoughts that the enemy just runs through your brain of, you know, oh my gosh, what if you lose your mind, you lose your kids or what if you do something stupid or what, you know, you hear this. And so and it was just in those moments of quickly saying, okay, nope, I'm going to go back to focusing on the word of God. I'm going to set it. And then there were other things that played into that. Like I had to step back and say, okay, is my life out of balance? Is that what's creating anxiety? Like I'm having a panic attack on the way to church. Is it because I was late getting up and you know, I'm yelling at my kids to get dressed. And so it was just, it was being smart too and setting up situations or um, things in my home to create balance and like realizing, okay, I get anxious when we host an event. So I'm going to try to do all that I can to, because I would be, you know, in the midst of that and you're snapping at your kids and you're short with your husband. And I mean, there's so much damage that can happen when you're in those yeah. And I think that is really important to learn what your triggers are because like I have a kid right now who's dealing with a lot of anxiety and panic attacks off and on. And we're trying to figure out where the cause, the cause is, you know, as a child, you have trouble identifying that. And I mean, even as an adult, I had trouble identifying that for a while. So I think that I, I like that you said that it's really important to, to try to identify that. And it's okay to take action and try to change certain things if you need to. Absolutely. And realizing, Hey, this is a real issue. I'm not going to pretend like it's, I'm not just geared that way. I am, I'm uptight type person. You know, I like order and I like everything to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist and 10 kids just wreck all those plans. And so (laughs) realizing, Hey, I have to set up systems and I have to make sure that my expectations are at a, an appropriate level, because that was another thing. I would set these expectations for myself, for my family and Um, it brought so much stress and anxiety to my life, unnecessary, like brought on Mm -hmm. by me. So yeah, setting boundaries in your relationships and not over committing and Mm -hmm. planning. And can we talk about some of your systems and how you balance everything? So 10 kids, you homeschool, you know, you have your family that's like what on the, like right next door. And I know you, you kind of help with them too. And Um, just how do you, just how do you balance all of the things you do and keeping your house clean since that's really important to you and your health is really important to you. So how do you, what kind of systems do you have in place and how do you balance all of that? So I wish at this point, having an 18 year old kid that I could say, this is how I do it, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm constantly and forever adjusting. So with each kid and with, 
you know, it's not like I have four kids and I've had four kids this whole time, but I keep adding or situations keep changing. And so I feel like systems have come and gone and there's been times that certain things work and um, they work well for me, but they may not work well for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been really careful to not get too caught up in systems, okay. but there are certain things like as far as cleaning, you know, like I have charts up on my wall where it has each kid has their own chart and it has like their basic things, like make sure the room is clean. So every morning when they get up, it's brush your teeth, your hair, get dressed, make sure your room is clean. And then at the bottom, it'll have like morning chore and afternoon chore. And so every morning we start by getting the house picked up because it's hard for me to sit down and homeschool when there's stuff everywhere. Like I just don't, I don't personally operate well when there's crazy chaos around me. Um, and I feel like some of my kids are kind of the same way. So I know this gets on their nerves. Some of my kids are like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, again, but they, they, they just know that every morning they get up and everybody has like an area or something to do. And so before we sit down to do school or get our day started, our home is in order. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, we do it right before Topher gets home so that he can come home to a a house that's something that he's never demanded or even mentioned. I just know that it's something he likes. And so we try to get the home in order and cleaned up. And um, and then after dinner, we all chip in and kind of pick up to make sure the home is in order. So it's a constant thing for us because, I mean, if we sit down for the day and just chill and hang out all day and don't do anything, it takes us two days to recover. And so for us, it's a constant maintenance. It's Mm-hmm. I don't like clutter mm-hmm. or things like that. So even occasionally, like once a month, we'll have like one kid will wipe down cabinets. Um, one person will dust all the like built-ins or, you know, the places we don't dust often or um, we'll deep clean closets. And so simplifying, I think, is is a is a big thing, especially for large families. Like mm-hmm. don't have too many clothes. You don't need all these things. And so keeping even down to toys. My kids don't have just like a ton of toys. It's really, sometimes I like feel bad. <laughs> My no, that's kids, good. But they don't need, I mean, they don't even play with half of the stuff. So just keeping things, um, what would you call that? I guess like, I don't know. Minimalism. Don't know what they call yes. That's what I was <laughs> thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a big deal. So I would like to say that there was a specific system that I used, but it's forever changing. So I don't even have just a, a set list that I've done, you know, as far as keeping my home clean. So are all of your kids, have they all been pretty obedient when it comes to doing this together? Or if you had, have you, have you dealt with any defiance when it comes to cleaning? Cause I know for me, I had to, to do chore charts and I had to be very specific, even though I'm, I'm not really that type of person, but I had to do that for certain kids in order to have them actually like do it without it being a big a big fight, you know, (laughs) which takes even longer. I have learned to keep them separate. Like one kid needs to go down to the basement and pick up the basement. And then, but if I send like two kids down to the basement to clean, no, it's always a disaster. Um, yeah, they're always like, mom, I did this and they're supposed to do the rest or everybody does their own separate thing. I feel like that just works best. Okay. Um, to keep the bickering down. Yeah. Well, everybody working together, they probably don't have that much to do with that many, that many people. Right. Um, Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's something with a lot of people will say, gosh, you have a lot of kids. Like that must be a lot, but we have a lot of kids to do a A lot lot of things. things. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
I feel like, I mean, really we operate as a team. And that was something I think as a young mom that I struggled with was asking my kids to do stuff. Cause yeah. I felt like, you know what, they didn't, they didn't ask to have, you know, nine siblings. I mean, that was something we chose. And then it was like the Holy spirit one day said, you didn't even choose that. Like that wasn't <laughs> even my choosing. And so there's been times I've set my kids down and said, Hey, this is what God has called us to. This is the vision for our home. This isn't what mommy and daddy wanted. Mm-hmm. And we were honest with them. We wouldn't trade any of our kids for anything, but we're honest and telling them, Hey, this is hard for us. Yeah. You know, 10 kids is hard. So really, I mean, honestly, just really encouraging our children and helping them to see that we operate as a team and mm-hmm. everybody plays a very specific role and not feeling bad for asking them to help and to do things around the house. Yeah. Um, what a little issue that can come with that though, is you have those kids that are really helpful and they're really good and not overusing them or, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they're easy go-to kiddos. So definitely balancing that and not making them feel like they're um, overdoing too much. But that's something with when I set up chores in the morning and the afternoon, I feel like that sets up an expectation. Our kids know what to expect every day. And I'm not going to ask them all day long to be doing stuff. They know in the morning and the afternoon is chore time. Now in between there are, you know, small things that I ask my kids to do, but it helps them as well to know what the expectation is for them for that day. Yeah, definitely. It's helped us a lot. My kids, I mean, at four o'clock, they just start doing their chores, even if I'm doing something else, because they know they want to get their chores done before dinner. And after dinner, they can have some relaxation time, some screen time, whatever. And if they don't have their chores done, then they can't. So that's helped us a lot and has relieved me of having to constantly like nag at them to do things because I don't like doing that. (laughs) Sure. So let's talk about, okay. So with that many kids, I'm sure there has to be some conflict sometimes. So, I mean, how do you resolve like interpersonal conflict among your kids? And I mean, just yesterday I was thinking about how I've had, I have two kids fighting and one needs help with, with this subject and one's, you know, needs help going to the potty. And I mean, I'm being pulled in all these directions and I can't even imagine for you. Like, so in those moments, how do you resolve that? And how do you balance all of that? I do feel that at any given time, I have at least two or three kids asking me a question at the same time. So what I realized one day was my kids were asking me a lot of questions that were unnecessary. And so I know most people will tell you there's never a dumb question. I disagree with that. (laughs) I teach my kid that I know you're a teacher. And so I know that probably you're probably like, oh my gosh, no, there's never a dumb question. I tell my kids all the time, like you can ask dumb questions. So think before you speak, think before you ask a question, try to resolve it first. Um, There are plenty of questions they ask me throughout a day. I mean, I can't remember the number I looked up. It was like, I don't know, thousands of questions the average mom gets every day. Um, And that alone will make you feel like you're losing your mind. Yeah, It'll wear on you. And so whether it's conflict with the kids um, of mommy, I, you know, Joseph took the toy from me or I've really tried to teach my kids that first you need to go to that person and try to resolve the issue. And if you've gone to them once and they're like ignoring you or like, you know, running away from you, just remove yourself from the situation and then try again. Once you've tried twice, if they're not listening, which is 90% of the time, the little ones aren't resolving conflict themselves, then come to mommy. And so usually, and I, I wish I was better at this, but if they come to me and tattle, I will, um, ask them, did you try to resolve it with your brother or sister? 
and they'll say yes. And then I ask them because I, I can't stand Hey, mommy, he did this mommy. She did it. You know, I try to make them stop and really, okay. Did you try to resolve it? And they'll share with me what they tried to do. And, um, and then if that's the case and they couldn't resolve the issue, then I'll have them both come to me and we'll, we'll work through it because most of the time there's two stories to be told (laughs) and two guilty people. Yes. Um, And we're an aggressive family. We're a very aggressive family. So we play hard. We wrestle hard. We tease a lot. We um, we're not the most sweet, gentle, lovey dovey (laughs) family. We're just not. So um, I feel like as parents, we probably haven't helped that situation as much. Um, If someone falls down the stairs, they're going to be laughed at and they're probably going to (laughs) be laughed at a lot and then made fun of. And then, you know, so I remember I'm one thing sure you said sometime, cause we are, we're not that way. We're very, like my kids are really sensitive, but I remember one thing you said to me one time that's really stuck out to me. You said, um, cause we were talking about that, how your kids will fall down the stairs or they, you don't ever take them to the hospital. And you said, I'll tell my kids, you can have one eye and still worship Jesus and you'll be okay. <laughs> there is probably, there's multiple times. I mean, my kids, all my older kids can show you either like a finger that healed back wrong or some kind of wound on them that we probably should have taken them to the doctor for. Um, Some kind of a scar that probably needed stitches. I mean, we're really not the best at, we're like, you're fine. (laughs) You're good. But you know, I have to tell you, Josie, my oldest is probably one of our most sensitive Mm -hmm. kids. Um, Topher calls her a snowflake. Um, But I mean, that's literally how we we're like, don't be a snowflake, (laughs) you know, she said, you know, as she's gotten out into, you know, gone to college and had a job and she's really out in the world and getting a good dose of it. She said, you know, mom, all those years that it frustrated me, I'm glad because I feel like I have a backbone. Like I feel like I can stand up on my own. I'm not easily offended. People don't hurt my feelings as easily as maybe some of the people that I work with. And so I feel like she's learned to appreciate that. Yeah. Um, now they still make fun of us as parents that how we failed <laughs> in our parenting. So plenty of uh, parenting fell for both of us, for sure, in that area. Oh, no, you guys are awesome parents. <laughs> well, I love that. So, okay, what are some of the most important things for you? Because, I mean, you know, time is precious, precious. You have a lot of kids. You have a lot of things going on. So how do you just prioritize what are the most important things, like whether it, in homeschool or in life? I would say having a clear vision for your family Mm -hmm. is priority. You and your husband being on the same page. And so that's something that Topher and I have been really good at is um, we've really been partners through all this. We've had a great marriage and we've had funky moments and awful moments, really awful moments. Um, But for the most part, we really are, are like, good about supporting one another and the same vision. And even when I don't understand it or I'm not on board, I'm like, okay, well, well, you know, I'm in. Yeah. Um, And so I think both of us working together to fulfill that vision is super important. Um, And then every, I mean, honestly, every couple months, we, we really have to sit down and like refocus on that vision because we'll start noticing discipline issues. We'll start noticing um, bad attitudes. Whenever we start to see those things in our kids, we usually have to step back and say, okay, where, what, what are we doing wrong? That's an us issue. 
And so I think that's, it took us many years to understand like, hey, these issues that we're seeing in our children, these aren't issues with our kids. These are, we're failing in some area. Either we're not prioritizing right, we're not um, praying with our children enough, we're not sewing into their lives enough. Maybe we're over planning and our schedules are too crazy. And um, so understanding this is our vision. And for us, our vision and our priorities are with our family. And so dinner time, we don't do any sports or anything that take from dinner time. We have dinner at the dinner table every night together as a family. Um, so those are just, there's certain things that for our family, this is what's important. And so making sure that I don't over um, schedule mm-hmm. our family, that I balance things properly. Um, there's little things that are important to us. Like I love, I love to protect our evenings mm-hmm. as a family. So I'm very careful to plan evening events, whether it's a ladies night or whatever it is, aside from ministry, there's really nothing we schedule on uh, weeknights or even weekends during the night Um, for that reason, just to protect it. And we want to put our children in bed at a decent time. Um, We want to be able to pray with them. We want that to be just like a relaxing time for our family, a time where we can, you know, connect. And so for us, keeping a clear vision and understanding, okay, this is what God has called us to do and staying, making sure that we're staying in the course really. Um, So what's, what's the bedtime routine like with that many kids? Like, do you go around and pray with each of them individually or talk to them individually? How do you do that? So usually I'm done at eight (laughs) o'clock. I'm done. And I do not hesitate to tell them like, y'all, I love you, but I'm done. Like, don't say mommy one more time, you know, (laughs) call me Laura or something, but like, don't say mommy again. But I I mean, honestly, I can almost tell too, when I kind of get to where I'm just like, Ooh, I think I'm done. Like I ha- I'm spent. I have nothing left by the end of the day. Um, it's usually about eight o'clock. And so Topher is great. He takes on really bedtime routine. We both, I mean, I'll usually take the, like right now or tonight, I took the little one and changed him and put him down in his crib. And then he got the th- three other boys. And so I mean, we kind of delegate, you know, delegate it and split up the responsibility, but ultimately he takes on if kids get out of bed or, you know, I'm thirsty or whatever, he'll usually, you know, take on that and kind of let me like check out (laughs) as a mama. Well, thank you for doing this with me at eight 30 at night. Cause absolutely, I I have trouble at night too. So I understand. (laughs) So as you were saying, yeah, yeah. This is mom time. (laughs) Yeah. As you were saying all of that, I loved everything that you said, but I just kept thinking, okay, meal time every evening. Like I have trouble with the dinners. How do you plan and cook dinner for that many people every single night? And I mean, how long does that take? So I didn't have a family of 12 overnight. And so you have to understand, like I grew, you know, I don't know how I would just cook for Topher and myself, Mm -hmm. honestly. Like, I don't know how I would do that. Um, So I think that's something you have to realize is that like, I have grown over time. I've every two years I've added a kid to our family. So it's just gradually, you know, I, I used to use a pound of ground beef and now I use a pound and a half or two pounds or so it just gradually grew. Yeah. I don't love to cook um, at all. I'm that, oh my gosh, it's four o'clock. I have an hour to figure out what I'm gonna do for dinner. You know, I'm yeah. that kind of mama. So learning, I had a friend a long time ago said, have you ever thought about praying about that? Cause I just hated it. I mean, I hated cooking dinner for my family. 
and I wasn't good at it. So that didn't help. And I, so I started to pray about it. Like, God, give me a heart to like, want to serve my family in this area. And he really did. I enjoy, I still wouldn't say, oh my goodness, I love cooking. Um, but I've learned to enjoy it because it's an act of service for my family. And so I would say we cook probably six of the seven nights um, in a week. I'll cook a meal. And that seventh night will be like, we order pizza or yeah, I do like grilled cheese or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, it's just been something that has gotten, it's just grown as our family has grown. Yeah. Those are good points. Yeah. It definitely didn't just happen overnight. That's a good point. I mean, I've had to learn. I mean, when Jeff and I first got married, I didn't know how to cook at all. So I've had to learn as time goes. Do you cook by yourself or do your kids usually help? Well, I usually cook by myself because I am so anal and I am so like, you know, I don't just enjoy it. So I have, I mean, over the years, many times included my kids and they, I would say about every other meal, maybe I have a kid help me, mm-hmm. um, but it's very minimal. It's like mm-hmm. you can mix up the, you know, the cornbread or something yeah. and I'll do the rest. And I'm like, I don't want their, you know, I don't want to sneeze in the food. <laughs> their dirty hands. So they, all the kids know, like, go put your hair up, wash your hands, you know, before they start cooking. But I wish I was better at just, I'm just not that kind of mama. That's like, doesn't care if flour gets spilt on the floor. I'm just a little bit more uptight. So I think I'm learning to enjoy those moments more and, and have those moments more. But for the most part, it's usually just me carrying that that weight. (laughs) That's okay. It's okay. Everybody does things differently. No, I I'm kind of back and forth. Like tonight, um, three of my kids were helping me cook and then the dog was like on the floor. So we're stepping over her and I was starting to go a little crazy, but gosh, my four-year-old was so proud of himself for, we, we did Brenner for, we did like breakfast for dinner. And so he was so proud of himself for helping cook the eggs and he made the toast and put jelly on the toast. And like, he was just so proud of it. I was like, okay, I need to do this more often. <laughs> Cause usually I'm cooking while the kids are all doing their chores and I listen to a podcast or something. And so it's kind of like my me time, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I have to, um, I have to prepare for those moments. So I have to say ahead of time, okay, I'm going to have the kids help me cook dinner tonight. So I pick a dinner that's very doable for them to help me with. And, but like, so I'll have those moments, but I have to prepare for them. If not, yeah. I just get like, where I just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, my head's spinning. Do you meal plan? A little bit. So I will think through like my week, you know, before I go to the grocery, okay, what am I going to make this week? But I'm also like a creature of habit. So I tend to cook the same stuff. We kind of have, we kind of mix up 10 to 15 meals, mm-hmm. you know, for months on end, we'll just kind of, and every once in a while I'll throw in a new, yeah. A new recipe or something. So yeah, that's I wish I did it. Too. <laughs> well, it's hard with kids too. Like I know there've been times where I've, you know, been on this little streak of wanting to look at all these fun things on Pinterest and try all these new recipes. And I've spent all this time and money and then the kids don't like it. So yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I have noticed there have been times that like at the beginning of the week, I'll cook all my meat for my meals. And it really, is one of those things I don't enjoy cooking as much. And so that cuts my cooking time in half. And so every time I do that, I never regret it. Um, it's just a matter of me doing it, but yeah, yeah, I've even done like freezer meals or crock pot meals where I go ahead and spend like one full day preparing them. And then I stick them all in the freezer and I pull them out and stick them in my crock pot or instant pot. Um, and I never regret that. So I think for me, it's probably more of just a discipline issue. Like I would probably, 
I'm just not as disciplined in that area. Yeah. Um, as much as I wish I wouldn't. Yeah, I need, I need to work on that too. I, I started off this school year trying to be super scheduled. So I was like, I'm meal planning. We have a schedule and we're going to stick to it. And I was just, I was just like gung ho on fire, you know, ready to do it. We did for a while, but I just, it was too much all at once <laughs> for uh, me to try to do everything. <laughs> I have this um, quote on my phone, actually, it says, you will never always be motivated. So you must learn to be disciplined. And I think that is, that stands true in so many different areas of have just being a mom period because yeah. you're not always going to be motivated to love your husband, but it needs to be a discipline that you regardless of how you feel, regardless of how tired you are, that you, you love and you respect your husband. Yeah. Well, um, same thing with your meals. Like I'm never motivated to cook ever. Yeah. <laughs> like I never wake up just dreaming of these amazing <laughs> meals I'm going to make. So learning to be disciplined, um, that's definitely always been a struggle for me is I'm great with ideas and plans and schedules. And, um, I've got the motivation down. I just don't have the discipline always. Um, but I will say having multiple children kind of requires you to be more disciplined, um, in order to keep order in your home and mm -hmm. peace in your home. It requires, requires great discipline. Yeah, definitely. It's harder to just like put things together last minute with that many people. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like we've barely talked about homeschooling. So let's um, talk a little bit about that real quick. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine how, how do you do school with so many kids? How long does your school day take? And are, do you have them all in there together at the same time? How does that work? So let me, before I answer that, let me kind of back up and tell you how we got to this homeschooling journey, because, okay. you know, like I told you, a lot of people say, oh, you're just cut out for having a lot of kids. And I'm not whatsoever. Like that's what makes it such a God thing is that there's nothing about me that screams lots of kids and chaos. And, you know, my life is just not what I pictured ever. It's totally goes against my nature and, you know, all that. So I had had, so Jocelyn, our oldest um, was, it was like two weeks before she had to register for kindergarten. And I just knew all right, I need to homeschool her, but you have to understand, like I cheated my way through high school. I hated school. Topher didn't even graduate high school. I mean, we were not, we're not homeschool parent material. Um, and when I actually shared it with my parents, I was thinking about homeschooling and they were like, you know, <laughs> you might want to rethink that. I mean, it was, it was such a God thing because he just kept leaning on my heart and I went to Topher about it and I mentioned it to him and he said, we need to homeschool. Um, and so I was like, all right, God, like I'll homeschool, but I'm gonna do it for one year. And then like, that's it. I need to send, I need to be able to ship my kids off because I need me time. Like there's, that's going to be too much in my space and my time. And, and we're what, 13 years, this is our 13th or 14th year homeschooling. Um, wow. And we have, we've been doing it this whole time. And so it really was a God thing. And, and looking back, um, my goodness, I, I'm so thankful that I was obedient and did what the Lord laid on our heart because the fruit that has come from it and I mean, my goodness, girl, it took me nine years to, to be able to realize all the stress of homeschooling and picking out the right curriculum and the stress of knowing and that burden of knowing that your child's educa education rests on you. Listen, I tell everybody all the time, like if I can homeschool my children, anybody can homeschool their children. And I don't, like Topher would tell you, I'm, I don't have the wisdom that most moms slash teachers have. I don't have... Um, 
you know, there's been multiple times that I've woken up and said, all right, guys, like, look, I don't want to be here. You don't want to do school. So let's put on our big girl panties and let's get it done. And let's make sure we have a good attitude. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm not that natural teacher and um, I'm telling you, if I could do it, anybody could, could do it for sure. So um, it's been a sweet journey and it's been, I can't believe it's been this many years, honestly, Josie, my oldest just graduated um, from HCA with honors. And it was so crazy to think all those years that I stressed and I cried myself to sleep thinking I failed my kids. I didn't teach them well. I didn't, I didn't get all the 25 things that I had on the schedule today done. You know, I'm a list person. And so I would set up these expectations for our school day and it didn't go perfectly. And I would, I mean, I shed so many tears through my homeschooling journey and then looking back and thinking, why did I fret so much? Why did I, homeschooling isn't about teaching your child to be the smartest kid in their class. You know, it's about, there's so much more that comes with homeschooling. There's relationships that are built. My children, some of their, their greatest life lessons did not come from a textbook. Yeah, it came from a moment where I lost my cool with them. And then I had to sit them down and apologize and tell them that, Hey, this is not okay. You know, like those are the moments. So I, I know as a homeschool parent, like you can have a lot of bad homeschool moments. I think for me, there were even seasons where there was probably more of those and there were good ones, you know, where we were just yeah. like skipping through homeschool. There was probably harder days and there were good. Yeah. Um, and realizing now, looking back, that my goodness, the way that you handle those hard moments, the way that you handle those meltdowns and um, and not just the kids melt meltdowns, but yours, you know, just how you handle those things and the things that you teach them while you're homeschooling is so much more important than what they could ever learn from a textbook, not minimizing the importance of that. But so I feel like just over the last few years, I've really kind of settled down a little bit in our homeschooling and realized that, you know what, like we're going to get in our 180 days and we're going to make sure that we do things right. Um, but they just might look different mm-hmm. than I used to give my kids a big old stack of workbooks. <laughs> like we're going to work through all these books, you know, um, and realizing that sometimes a history lesson is not found in the history book. Maybe we're going to sit on the couch and we're going to cuddle and we're going to watch drive through history together or yeah. something like that. Um, and learning that those are the moments that I think will stick with, with our kids more than anything. Yeah, definitely. So, Our homeschool day, honestly, Carla, it's, I wish that we woke up at a specific time and I wish, you know, I've even tried putting schedules on the board, like at 830, we're going to do this. And at 930, we're going to do this. Um, But this year we have uh, six of my children are homeschooling and then my niece um, is homeschooling and I'm homeschooling her um, with my daughter. So they're both in second grade. So we have seven kids homeschooling and there's just no possible way to have a perfect day, a homeschool day. Right. So number one, I don't overcommit or plan much during our days. Um, so I make sure that I'm not, because when you have to be somewhere at two o'clock, it just, it leaves no room for grace. It leaves no room for flexibility and you have to allow margin in your day when you're homeschooling. Yep. So a lot of parents that I talk to that are stressed out about their homeschool day, they've overcommitted themselves. They've, they've not prepared their days well. They've not they're on their phone a lot or they're trying to do 10 things at once. Um, so for us, it's really simplifying our day. 
mm-hmm. and making that priority our homeschool day. Um, I'm more traditional. So we have like a school room, we have desk. And so that's more kind of what, how we operate mm-hmm. um, throughout the day is everybody kind of sits at their desk and they have their space. And I do have a rotation. So I have my four youngest are boys. And anybody that has a lot of boys knows, my gosh, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing. They are just active and they're loud. And so I have like a rotation. So my, my little ones will do school. And so my middle age or my older kids will take 15 to 20 minute time slots and they'll take the little boys upstairs. So I have like a, a preschool bucket and it has coloring sheets and Bible stories and puzzles and learning activities and so they'll each take 20 minutes and they'll go up into one of the little kids rooms has like a desk in it. Yeah. And they'll take those 20 minutes and play with the kids. And then after, and that gives them a break from school too. So Jordan, my, my second grader might take him up for 20 minutes. And then Mia, my sixth, my sixth grader. Why did I just draw a blank? Sixth grader. <laughs> That's a lot of people. To <laughs> um, <remember. laughs> right. She'll take them up and do 20 minutes with them. And so they're getting, they're learning and they're, they're doing fun stuff and they're interacting. So teaching my children that they have a, a part to play mm-hmm. in school, like that's okay. Yeah. Um, and the kids, I think it really helps them to connect and it's teaching them to, to train up their younger siblings. And anyway, so that's something that we do that helps to keep the boys. So it ends up being about an hour that the boys are quiet. And so I'm getting time with my other kiddos Yeah. to really focus on um, school. So from like one to three is usually when I lay down kids for naps. And so my kids know if they're done with school, like you go do something. Don't ask me questions. Don't, uh-huh. if it's an emergency or I tell them if someone is dying or about to die, then you can come talk to me. Thankfully we have enough room in our home to where they have places to go either outside to play or in the basement or upstairs or, um, but that also allows my older kids time during that time frame to have quiet school time. Mm-hmm. So typically I'll do all the younger ones in the morning. Um, it'll take about four to five hours. And then in between that time I'm doing laundry or dishes or something like that. Um, but putting my older kids to work, it's okay that they go and make lunch for everyone or uh, realizing that, Hey, you're a team yeah. and it's okay that your children make lunch or help with a younger sibling. It's teaching them life skills that they really can't get anywhere else, honestly. Yeah, I totally agree. That's great. So, so you're basically doing school though all day long because you're doing it with your younger ones in the morning and your older ones in the afternoon. Do you ever get a break for yourself during all of that? So usually that one to three time slot. So my older kids are very, um, they do a lot of their work independently. So okay. they, of course they go to tutorial. Um, and so they're, for the most part, that's another thing with homeschooling is like, teaching your children to be um, independent and to work through things. So they, my kids know to try something like try a math problem. If they get it wrong, I want them to try it again. Uh So say this is on the computer. So it's, you know, try it again. If their answer is the same, then you come to me and we'll work through it. That's really with a lot of their subjects. Like I want you to, to read your instructions. I want you to do it. And then when you're done, either bring it to me or call for me and I'll come check it. Yeah. Um, and if it's right, we'll move on. If it's wrong, then I'll step in and say, okay, let me, you know, teach you what a verb is or a linking verb or, you know, whatever the case is. So that one to three time is really kind of my time to 
recharge. Yeah. And that's one of the things I, I really emphasize to my children is that this is mommy's time to recharge. So either I'm, I'm usually watching a sermon or listening to something while I'm building laundry or, and so my kids have learned and it, it keeps the house quiet for the ones napping. So yeah. it just kind of is a win-win situation. My older kids can work on their school without being bothered. And so by, you know, 1230, yeah. again, I feel like I'm drained. I'm like, that's, I'm done. It's the same for me. Yeah. During nap time, I'll, that's when I work out or, I mean, sometimes I take a nap. <laughs> I, I did. I dealt with a while for, with mom guilt, even for that. Cause I'm like shooing my kids away. Um, and I, I don't know that I would say this works for everyone, but for us, it works. I'm like, and I, I try to explain to them that this is them time. Like they, I'm not going to ask you to do chores. I'm not going to go read a book, go outside and play with your siblings, go for a bike ride, go, you know, do those things. Um, so it kind of helps them to understand too, like, this is just chill time. Yeah, no, my kids, in home. my older kids love it. They're like ready. They want to get all their stuff done. So at, you know, mommy and Juliet and Wyatt's nap time, we can do our own thing. <laughs> they love Absolutely. it. <laughs> You know, I mentioned, I don't think I even talked about the question cards. So explain that. So I, I realized one day that I was being asked a lot of questions that weren't necessary. They could have figured them out because a lot of times my kids don't want to think for themselves. I don't know if your kids are like this. It, I mean, they'll ask a question and I'm like, what? like, just stop you know for a second. Yeah. Think <laughs> about the question you just asked me. Yep. And they're like, oh yeah. And it was really wearing on me. It was stressing me out. I felt like it was. I thought that honestly, I felt like it was rude Mm -hmm. that they were taking my time. And a lot of times I was in the middle of schooling a kid and they interrupted me for a really silly question. And so every once in a while, if I notice it getting kind of crazy like that again, I have printed these question cards. And so each kid gets like 20 cards for the day. I know this sounds so awful, but just hear me out. (laughs) No, I'm so they they'll come to ask me a question and I'm like, Oh, and they're like, hold on, let me go to my question card. So we'll turn in a card. Um, now, if it's a school question and it's a legit, like they have tried to work it out and they really need help, they don't, they don't just want mommy to think it through for them, then I will give them their card back. And so they never feel like they can't ask a school question, but it does make them stop and think, hold on, I have five cards left. Do I really, <laughs> like one of my kids the other day said, I have one card left. Do I really want to, because if I ask you, I know you're going to say no. So should I use it? And I said, if you know, I'm going to say no, then do you think it would be wise to ask me the question? And they're like, probably not. So they run off and play. Um, So I'll do that every once in a while. Just if I notice them getting a little loose with, you know, it just makes them think before they speak. That's Um, amazing. I I love that. I've never heard that before. I love that. It sounds awful, but they think it's hilarious. I mean, it ends up being kind of a fun thing. Like somebody will go to ask a question. Everybody's like listening, you know, to see if they're fixing to get their card taken and not have, you know. Do they ever go, like, will they ever go to each other to ask instead of you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times it helps, you know, in that way too, as well. Like it helps them to to each other, for each other to like work it out and figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. Cause I mean, even with only, I keep saying only four, cause you know, compared to you, it is only four, but even with four, I, I have the same issues and I'll be trying to, to do a read aloud with some kids while other kids are constantly like asking questions or needing something, or I had to think through some of this stuff and come up with some 
some plans. Well, I feel <laughs> like it's it's not only rude, but it's selfish of them to think that their question about, I don't know, can I have the bike next, you know, mm-hmm. is more important than what I'm doing with this child as I'm trying to teach them. Yeah. And so I will take times to say, hey, you know what, that, you know, that may have been a good question, but the fact that you interrupted me teaching this child, like that was rude and that was selfish. And so by nature, I mean, our kids were all just selfish. And so helping them to be more aware of that, it really helps. I mean, that whole system helps with that, but yeah, something you said about, you know, I only have four. I get that all the time. Like, who am I to say this? I only have this many kids, but you know what? I remember having one kid and it being so hard. Yeah. And I remembered having two children and it being so hard. And so I get that. So don't ever like, don't ever feel like, oh my gosh, I only have, well, I only say have it, one. Yeah, yeah. I say it as a joke just because around everybody else, four is a lot of kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> like around my family, they're like, they still can't believe I have four kids. <laughs> it's really it is, as a, it's joke a lot around you, but honestly, two, yeah. two was harder for me than four is now. So I've learned so I would much say, with each yep. kid. You know what? That was my hardest transition was from one to two kids. Me too. I felt more overwhelmed and more like anxious with two kids than I think I did with 10. Yeah. And, I, and I really feel like, honestly, how old is your oldest child? 10. I would probably say it was probably around then when I started to see, I mean, for years, I would just be wanted to pull my hair out. I mean, it was so hard. I felt like I was just spent. And Topher kept telling me like, which he has been such a huge support. I mean, he is, he was, he is totally invested and involved. And so that has made the huge, the biggest difference, but he had always said, it's going to get easier. I promise it'll get easier. I mean, there was a time when I just was like, all I'm doing is wiping snotty noses and wiping poopy butts. And <laughs> yeah. this is my life. It's all the time. And um, him just realized, like reminding me, it's going to get easier. It's Okay. Yeah. It's I promise just just keep on sewing and keep on. And I'm telling you that that's the hardest thing I think with parenting or even with homeschooling is you're sewing and you're sewing and you're not seeing any fruit and you're sewing and you're sewing and you still don't see fruit. And I, and I will tell you, there was a season with my oldest kids where I've seen them now transition into like ministry that I get to stand down and watch them lead worship to hundreds of people and be able to say, God, like all those times, that I was frazzled and I felt like I was failing and, you know, didn't know which way was up. Like it was in those moments that prepared her to be able to do what God's called her to do now. Or I'm telling you like the fruit, one day you'll be able to sit back and say, Oh my goodness, all those years of teaching and training and where I felt like I was getting nothing in return. Like it will pay off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's so good. I know. I love seeing your, your videos of your older kids leading worship. It's just, that's gotta be cool to see. It is so, it's just rewarding and it's humbling to know like that these are his children Mm -hmm. and he's loaned them to us for such a short time. And I think when you realize everybody, it always, you know, I'm sure everybody has heard enjoy it because it goes by so fast and um, I'm getting a good dose of that because my oldest is 18 and going to be getting married next this next year or this year later on this year and realizing like, Oh my gosh, it really does go by so fast. And so enjoy it and don't miss those moments. I think I spent a lot of years stressing over the things that I was getting wrong and didn't realize how many moments that I missed. 
And so the cool thing about having so many children is I wouldn't say I get do-overs, but I really get to, I'm learning to soak up all these sweet snuggles and the hugs and the Mm -hmm. stories, taking time to kneel down and look your kid in the eye and listen to them instead of being like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, doing that. So I would say for the, for the new mama or the new homeschool mama, like don't stress out over those small details. I think you'll be amazed at what you can teach your child and how you can train them, even just in the day-to-day moments. I sat in a parking lot of a YMCA one day talking to one of my mentors and I was like, man, I just want to do this Bible study with my little girls. I think my oldest was probably nine or 10 at the time. And I want to do this and and these big things. And and she said, you know what, Laura, she said, those moments that are going to forever shape and like shape your children aren't going to be those, those big spiritual aha moments. It's going to be the moments that you're making dinner together or the moment that you're sitting down in the floor, folding laundry and talking to your young teenage daughter, it's going to be those moments. And so that really helped me to shift my thinking to and realize it's in these small mundane day-to-day blah moments that are forever shaping the hearts of our kids. Yeah. We get too busy sometimes and we over schedule and we're, we're running from this sport to that sport, to this event, to, and, and you're missing those moments that really are the most important. Yeah. The Bible says that they are a blessing mm-hmm. and that's truly what they are. And I think as a, really the world today views them as a burden because we've become so selfish and we've become so driven to accomplish all these worldly things and kids, let's be honest, they really mess up your plans. And (laughs) unfortunately you don't get to climb the work ladder or the finance ladder or whatever it is, because they suck everything. (laughs) They suck you dry, you know? (laughs) Um, But realizing, I think that they're not a burden. I mean, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was raise kids. Mm -hmm. And it's been the the sweetest thing I've ever done. It's been the most rewarding thing. And to think looking back to where God, when he spoke to me in that living room floor, when I was folding laundry and said, think how much greater your reach will be. I have 10 children now. Think of all 10 of my children are serving the Lord and they have say three or four children each, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a big reach. That's 30, (laughs) anywhere from 30 to 60 kids would be a normal grandkids. And think if they're all being taught the word of God. I mean, we, we both came from really jacked up families, even though Topher was raised in church, there was a lot of dysfunction on both ends. And um, what if we can stop that curse? What if we can stop that generational dysfunction? Mm -hmm. Um, Think how much greater reach that we're going to have. I mean, just there's so many good things to come from our children. I mean, my gosh, they just, they bring out so many good things in you. They bring out all your bad things too. (laughs) They bring out the temper and all your bad stuff, but it's all opportunities for the Lord to, to work on you. And so I've grown more in my relationship with Christ through having children. And the more children I've had, the more layers I feel like the Lord has peeled back in my life and the more things he's had to work on. And it's been painful. There's been painful seasons for sure, but um, my goodness, they're a blessing. Like why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, when you're, you know, 
we're old and on our deathbed, we're not going to think back. Oh, I wish I hadn't had those five children. You know, you, you may think, man, I wish I'd had more, you know, but I don't, I don't think anybody was going to think, I wish I'd, I wish I had less kids, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Well, this has been so good. Thank you so much for being on here. I'm going to let you go because I've been taking up a lot of your time and I know we're both tired and ready for bed because we have to get up and do it all again tomorrow. (laughs) It's been fun. Thanks for having me, girl. It's been very, um, it's just been sweet to be able to sit here and chat with you. And I hope it encourages someone to, you know, I'm not a Pinterest mom. I think there's stupid questions and I think there's, <laughs> and I'm aggressive and we're mean sometimes, you know, well, I hope maybe other people will feel like, Oh, maybe we're, maybe we're just normal. Yeah. I'm like that too. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. We're all different. We're all who we're supposed to be. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. This was so much fun to chat with you. Laura has been somebody I've known for a while through HCA, which is our homeschool co-op that I'm sure that you have heard me talk about before. And because of COVID this year, I haven't seen her in, in a long time. So it was just so nice to catch up. Like I said before, that's the best thing for me about this podcast is just all the connections that I'm making with new people and with people that I haven't seen or talked to in a while. And I want to connect with you too. So let me know you're listening. Let me know if you have any questions about anything that's been said in any of the episodes. And also just let me know what you want to hear in the future. Bye everybody.